Drum roll. There she is here. Here I am. Hi. I need my seat back a bit. I'm like right up in there. I know. Not like going live from your vehicle. I got the data warning today. My phone's like, um, you've used a lot of data. I'm like, yes, I know. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to my life. Right? Yeah. This yeah. is what I do. So how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm like new to the whole Instagram live thing. So I'm always worried that I am doing it right, but it looks like it's all working well. So you're doing it perfectly. And the fact that you haven't done it a lot just makes me so excited. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that in another, another conversation, but yeah, Instagram live is just such a really cool way to connect. So I'm excited to be able to use it. It's a free yeah. marketing tool to introduce there you, you to the girls here in Fempreneur land. So tell us about your day-to-day -day life, like what you do in your career. Yeah. So, um, I used to be an engineer in construction and about three years ago, well, longer than that, probably four or five, five or six years ago, I started to, I have to add the COVID time to everything. Cause it's just like <laughs> two years just evaporates from your life. Um, yeah, so probably around six years ago, started to get really interested in leadership, uh, was considering, you know, leaving the construction industry. It wasn't, I wasn't having a great experience there mm -hmm. and um, got really curious about leadership and anyway, uh, stuck around for a few more years and figured out that uh, I didn't have to do things like everyone else and I could still have a good time being in construction. Uh, and then last year decided that, you know, I, instead of just impacting one team in construction and engineering, I would like to do more and impact more teams. And so fully moved into my own coaching and leadership development business. And that is where I'm at today. So a day in the life of Aaron looks like a lot of video time right now because a lot of training is still online. And so mm -hmm. I do I do a lot of team training, lots of group and individual coaching, um, lots of conversations around leading with empathy, having difficult conversations, dealing with high stress, burnout, deadlines, pressure, all of those mm. things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I suspect there's a bit of a story behind this career switch for you. Like you must have experienced some, dare I say, awful leaders or maybe some <laughs> bad things that caused you to want to swoop in there and aaronize everything and like learn how to do things better. Like, do you have any stories you can share with us about maybe leadership that you experienced that maybe wasn't so fantastic? Yeah, I think for me, it really started, um, it started very early on in my career where, and I think this is probably typical anywhere anybody is working and they are not quote unquote, like a kind of the dominant group, right? They're not a part mm -hmm. of the dominant group. Um, I got some feedback started really early on that I was just too emotional, that I needed to get a game face, that I, you know, everyone could tell what was going on all the time. And that wasn't good. But that was oh about all I got, right? It was just like, toughen up. You're too emotional. And so for a lot of years, I tried, right? I thought mm. that the emotion in me was a bad thing. That if I was going to survive, I needed to learn how to do it their way. Um, all I had were royal, male role models, you know, in terms of leadership. So very masculine, very compartmentalized, mm. um, expressed emotion in a different way. Not that they didn't have it, but I okay. didn't see that early on, right? Right. Um, and so for, you know, the first 10 years of my life, I was just sort of like, it was all about how do I fit in? How do I do this better? How do I take their advice and, you know, 
try to become more tough. Um, yeah, I took a bunch of notes. So I, I, I have some things written down here that tie into what you're saying. Can I just ask? So I'm kind of reading from your, like quoting your website right now. But one thing that you did say was that masculine thinking and way of being that game face, like you had to kind of learn it and then you had to unlearn it. It sounds like. Yep. So do you want, yeah, keep talking about that. Cause I, I totally can relate to that. And I feel like I've had to do that too. And still I'm trying to, leave my masculine sort of, um, you know, entrepreneur behind. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I guess where I'm at in my journey is, is unlearning it to the degree to which I learned it, but not giving up on it totally. Cause I think it takes both. Right. I think we mm -hmm. need to, to find that kind of balance in the masculine and in the feminine. There's a really, um, there's a big part of me that loves to write goals and achieve things and, you know, yeah. to do that. And that's a very masculine way of being, uh, there's another part of me that wants this ease and this flow that's like, hmm, I don't know what I want to do today. Let's just go with the flow and see what it takes me to, which is a very feminine way of being, which I'm not used to being in, right? Okay. Um, yeah. And so for me, the learning is still in finding both because I think there needs to be, there needs to be structure and there needs to be freedom, right? At the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if mm -hmm. you've ever seen it, maybe a little bit off topic, but there was this, uh, I came across this, I think it was a blog post years ago that used the analogy of like a trellis in a garden and a rose bush or a climbing vine on the trellis. So the trellis is the masculine in us and the rose okay. bush is the feminine. Hmm. So without the, without the trellis, the rose bush grows all over the place and it has no structure or form and usually <laughs> kind of takes over things. Right. And it's kind of messy, yeah. but yeah. with too much trellis, um, right? Too much confinement, too much structure, then the rosebush can't do what it needs to do. And it gets constricted and it doesn't bloom and it's not pretty, right? And yeah. so there is this balance in both. You mm. need, we need some structure um, to kind of hold us. And we need the freedom and flexibility to go where we want to go as the feminine. Yeah. So, so you're a small northern, small northern Alberta town farm girl, like the small town and the farm girl. Like, tell me where, where are you from? So I grew up on a farm north of Westlock. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's about an hour and a half north of Edmonton. My family still all lives there and nice. we go back often. My kids wish we lived on the farm. I'm like, mm, do you, do you really wish you were a farm kid? I don't oh, know about man. that. Right. But um, yeah. And it was it was great. You know, it, it's, it's so funny, right? Growing up on the farm, like you are at the mercy of nature <laughs> when you're farming, yeah. which in itself is this beautiful blend of the masculine and the feminine, right? There's mm. structure, there's yes. things we can control, there's things we can't control. And there's just, you know, it's this beautiful blend. I didn't see it growing up, obviously. Um, but, you know, so yeah, about the 10 to 15 year career mark for me is when I started to really go, if I have to do that to be successful in this business, I don't think that's what I want to do, right? It just started to feel like it was too, I felt like I was starting to get split into two and it was like, mm -hmm. I had to pick a path. Um, so I started to do a lot of personal development work in terms of, you know, it, it started out with the intention to fix this emotional side, but quickly turned into, oh. uh, it doesn't need to be fixed actually we okay. need to understand it and learn more from it and there's a lot of information here wow. and um 
and then started to kind of have those conversations. And then that was about the time, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion really started to become a predominant part of our discussion in in engineering and construction in the industries that I was in. So I became a part of those discussions. And again, we're still trying to fit this like round peg in a square hole or square peg in a round hole, whatever way it works. Mm -hmm. And it's really where my, I would say that fire uh, of that kind of leadership fire got lit in me and sort of, you know, I could see some really good examples of what I thought it should look like that was making an impact but they weren't yet in the decision-making seat, right? The people mm -hmm. that were still making decision and informing culture are still very much bought into a very old, outdated, masculine paradigm of leadership. And so mm -hmm. I'm here to kind of shake things up and disrupt it. And it's easier to do it when I'm not inside an organization and my job depends on it. <laughs> right, because you get to go in and just call a spade a spade and you're like, and you're paying yeah. me to do it. <laughs> and you're paying me to do it. And I don't have to work here tomorrow. And I wrote a book about it. So yeah, just, just, just add that to the list. Yeah. <laughs> so you wrote a book about all this stuff. Like, how did that come about? I did. Um, totally by accident, I will tell you. Uh, it started as a desire to speak. And when I was talking to some different you know, speaking coaches and things like that. They're like, well, start writing because you need to know what the hell you're going to say. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'll start writing. And then as I was sharing it with some of the mentors that I had in industry, uh, industry mentors, but also just like life mentors, other kind of young, you know, moms who were at similar stages that I was at with my kids and things like that. They're like, Erin, this is a book, like you need to publish this. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I've never, you know, this wasn't a dream of mine to become a published author. I mean, it's, cool now and I do a lot of writing and there's tons of book ideas that just keep pouring in but yeah um it certainly didn't start that way and the majority of the book was written during a time where I had actually taken a leave of absence from my career to support our daughter who in grade six was diagnosed with ADHD and learning disabilities which was like mm -hmm. a huge blow as a parent but a real gift as well you know in terms of just the overall timeline mm-hmm so cool. I found so then you got lots of space to write. And, okay. um, and you were in yeah. a full on leadership role at that moment. Not that we aren't always as parents, but like you were really stepping into yeah. leading this daughter of yours who really needed some extra TLC. So that must have been kind of neat to be in that mindset, like all the time and then be writing about it at the same time. Yeah. Well, having like myself as well, needing to be led, I had a lot of decisions to make. Do I, I actually went in to quit my job and my leader at the time was like, that's, that's one option, or we can just give you a leave of absence. And that was sort of this glimpse into like, holy cow, you actually care about what I'm going through. And, oh, yeah. you know, um, didn't just worry about the bottom line impact to your team and your projects, but really like, I felt that you actually have my best interests at heart here, you know? Okay. Um, and so that was a glimpse into like, hmm, maybe that's what this empathy thing is kind of all about. Mm. So that was really cool to be led in that way through that period of time as well as leading my family and ultimately then coming back into my career after that period of time passed. Okay, so you, you were able to take a little bit of time away from the corporate world to really lean into your daughter, write your book you must have changed a lot. Like how, what window of time was that? Like how many months? It was about 10 months. 
when I came back into, then I went back into a corporate world. This was um, the time in oil and gas in Calgary where everyone was laid off. So both my husband and I were sort of sitting at home looking at each other going like, who's going to go back to work? Because one of us does. Um, So we both put the feelers out. Uh, I got something before he did. So I ended up going back, which was great as well, because he ended up taking about 18 months to stay with the kids and help, you know, again, you know, help her through that period of time and, and our okay. family when the kids were quite little and it was a real yeah. gift. We've always traded that back and forth. And I just nice. feel like really blessed that both of us have been able to do that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. And so then I went back in and that was when it was like, Oh my goodness, this is so uncomfortable, you know, like so uncomfortable um, because you're right. I did. And I had quite a, quite a few different ideas about how I thought things should be done or what I would do. Um, Started practicing and kind of testing it out with different teams I was leading and in different environments and was like, "Hmm, all right, there's something to this because I'm, I'm getting results. And you know what? It's not about me finding my game face and it's not about me toughening up. It's actually about me being more vulnerable and leaning into that, being okay with my emotions, whatever those are, right. Being Mm -hmm. able to express them uh, because it allowed other people to also express them. And we had like trust was built quicker. Uh, you know, we got results faster. We were able to have real conversations about real difficult things. Um, and I'm always sort of one of these things, if I'm going to leave, I'm going to do it on my own terms, not because yeah. I feel like I didn't win or I had to give up. Right. It's like, yeah. so decided to sort of, you know, go back into full on construction and lead construction projects and kind of give it a whirl and sort of see if this, made a difference in terms of what I'd learned and how I put it together. Had a great time on my last two projects with the teams that I led and then decided, you know what, I want to impact more than just one team at a time. And it's time to get, it's time to move on. Nice. Mm-hmm. So you really just stepped into your own business because you had some pretty serious proof in the pudding and you were like, I need to go and spread this to more people in my own way. And good for you. Yeah. I mean, cool. We have three children, so I was working a full-time career with three kids and then trying to run this part-time business with the book on the side. So it became very, I say quickly, but it was a four-year process to get to this Mm, point where I'm like, okay, you know, now it's time. And I feel like, yes, the proof is there. Yes, I have the book. And now it's time to really kind of step into this space. So So about a four-year time period. Anybody that's walked that path can feel the split the longer you stay in there. It got to the point where I literally felt like I was doing the splits and I'm like, I'm not very flexible. So <laughs> I need and to thank get on you one for path or the other. Yes. Yes. And thank you for taking us through that whole journey. I think a lot of, a lot of us and I, I'm guilty of this too. We, for, we, we kind of, it's like labor. Like I'm one of those people that like I did it and I literally don't ever want to talk about it or think about it. And I skim over it. And then, you know, you get around those people that really talk about it and you're like, I got to go. Like, I don't want to talk about this. Like, but then, but it's important to talk about it because there's people doing it or about to be doing it all the time. And, you know, you don't want people to feel like it's no big deal. And you also don't want people to be terrified because we all do it and we survive it. And it's awesome. So it's like, thank you for, for talking about that four year period and letting us know that it wasn't just like, Oh, I just decided to quit my job and start a business. And here I am and have a book now. And like, no, it takes work, but it's doable. Um, I'm always curious to know who you surrounded yourself with during that time when you were 
just transitioning your life and you were stepping into more of who you really were meant to be like how did you because I, f- I feel like we can't keep hanging out with the same people we have to find some new people usually right like who were your people yeah and I think that was that was really um that was part of the reason that I needed to stay in my corporate job because it definitely helped pay for some of the coaching programs and just personal yeah. development work that I did that I knew you know a new business probably isn't going to be able to sustain um that so yeah, I joined a number of, for probably two or three years, I was in a, a number of different kind of year long coaching slash mentoring programs with other, uh, mostly female entrepreneurs. Um, cool. I've got a couple of really good friends from university that have always been in the entrepreneurial space. So I was, you know, spending time with them and picking their brains, uh, but definitely moving into new communities and, and just sort of having different conversations. Nice. Because it is, it's a very different mindset when we're, you know, now fully responsible. Like I just said, I've finished this, the last six weeks have been kind of hectic, but I did it to myself, right? I, I can't blame anyone else but me right now, whereas, <laughs> you know, the corporate mindset, it's always somebody else's fault, right? Things yeah. are happening to you, you're at the effect of yes. whatever's going on inside the organization. And now it's like, yeah, I was busy, but it was great. And I did it to myself. So less. So what have you been up to this past six weeks? Just, uh, well, how I got myself into it was not, uh, earlier in the year I had done a lot of, I look back on it now and I had done a lot of really great boundary setting in terms of when I needed time off, um, protected sort of my creative time, kids, PD days, you know, holidays, Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. So as work requests came in, they had to fit around all of that stuff. Those wow. blocks were already in the calendar. I did not do that for the fall. And so as work came in, I just kept shoving it in the calendar if there was a free space. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden I got here and was like, okay, well, we're working a lot. <laughs> so, you know, there was some days that I would have rather have been, you know, kids had the day off or I needed a break or whatever it was. It was only six weeks. It was a very, um, uncomfortable lesson to learn but it was one that I swiftly learned and I can tell you that 22 is all blocked out okay so what you have just said is like exactly what I needed to hear so I don't know if anybody else got anything (laughs) of that but I did and thank you because that's one thing so I'm currently planning 2022 like and it's been so much fun but guess what I haven't put into 2022 yet vacation holidays (laughs) Like, like, what am I even thinking? Yeah. Okay, so thank you. You've totally yeah. changed my life. Okay. Um, I want to ask you a question. Um, I just, I just want to ask for your top three strategies or two or four or whatever for making real connections, like in the world right now. Like, how are you making real connections? I know soon you can add Instagram Live to that list, but like, what's right. working for you about making real connections? <sighs> Well, like I you have like this publicist or like a agent or something, right? So I, yeah, I have started working with someone. Um, Charlotte is amazing in terms of just, you know, getting into markets that I probably wouldn't have been able to get into. For me, I still am working on my network. Like I have right. no idea how big that really was until I started to need to, to kind of dig in and, and do that. Um, I think also just learning how to ask for that referral, you know, Mm -hmm. how to ask for the introduction, Mm -hmm. um, that type of, of activity, which 
I know I certainly wasn't good at, and I definitely hear from other women that it's hard to sort of self-promote and to talk about what it is you do. Um, right. So definitely getting more comfortable with that. Okay. I think, you know, as far as real connection goes, the more I can remember to just be me, which is someone... Mm. It's a little bit messy. There's often kids and pets and dogs and things happening in the background. It's not, it's definitely not Instagram polished. Let's put it that way. Um, but it's me, right? But and no I one likes Instagram the, polished anyways. Like, right? I don't. It's not Do you real follow any of those accounts to look like they're perfect every day? Yeah. No. Oops, sorry. Yeah. And if you don't knock your phone over at least once during a live, you're not a human being. So, so there you go. <laughs> So yeah, I think it's just really kind of really being real about that. And I think a lot of, you know, I look back on the early parts of my career and that was so much of it was spent trying to be someone that I wasn't, right? To not have these big emotions, to not show things in the way that I showed them or shared things the way that I shared it. And so I just really kind of the last, well, pretty solid 10 years have been getting more and more comfortable just being me. Okay. So you yeah. find the more you're just being yourself, the more you're making those real connections. Yep. Is that kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Oh, I like it. Yeah. I like and it. Even just sharing like the real stories behind, you know, uh, recently I uh, wrote an article sharing my postpartum depression stories, which I'd never shared publicly before. And it was like mm -hmm. the, the people that reached out the, that are in my network already that know me are just like, it just took it to that next level, you know? And again, it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's part of my story. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing so much about yourself. Um, like, yeah, just even you sharing about your daughter's, you know, journey with, with, you know, ADHD mm -hmm. and just, you know, everything that you've been willing to share. Um, I don't interview a lot of people that are willing to go that deep that quickly. And I mean, it just, it's just, uh, it solidifies that you, you practice what you preach, you know, that the more real you are, the more real connections you make. And like, that is like such a cool tagline. The more real you are, the more real connections you make. Like that's going to be what I always remember about this conversation with you, Aaron. So thank you yeah. for saying all the valuable wise things that you have said in this interview, um, I want to ask you another question. What would you tell your, I don't know, 10 year, 20 year, 10 year, 20 year younger self, which, which number should we go with? Ooh, there's probably some information for both of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go ahead and do both if you want, but like one or both. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, 20 year younger self, I think uh, it would be that we are never, we were never meant to do this alone. You mm. know, um, so much of my early sort of married years and young mother years was trying to prove to who knows what, I don't even know who, right, that I could do it, right, mm -hmm. that somehow it meant that I was a good wife or a good mother or a good engineer or whatever that was and mm -hmm. I just think she really needed to hear that it really wasn't about doing it on your own that it's yeah. about being you know the strength is in inviting the the support in right and and again being real about where you're at and what you need mm -hmm. and then being able to to accept to being able to accept that support because I was always willing to give it but never willing to receive it mm -hmm. and I think there's a balance in that right? Mm -hmm. 
10 year younger self, uh, she really needed to learn how to rest. Oh. And she's still learning that one. Okay. So I have a little sticky note on my computer that says rest is productive, just to remind me that I can take oh. break. Yes. You know, I've brain... preached naps for years. So I'm so happy to hear you I say that. Naps, like I'm right? a daily napper, not for I... long, like 20 minutes, yeah. but yeah, a good power snooze is, is, uh, and it's so funny because my dad used to be one of those people, like he'd come in from working all day or whatever. He'd have lunch. He'd lay down on the couch, put his cap over his face for like 15, yes. 20 minutes and then be up and ready to go. And I'm like, yes, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then so, people are like, I can nap because I can't fall asleep in that little amount of time. And you have to literally train yourself like a baby uh -huh. to do these things. Like this is not like a, I'm going to have a 20 skill. minute nap. It's going to take you a week or two weeks to train yourself to do it, ladies, but do it because it's life changing. And um, yeah. Anyways, I'm happy to hear you say that rest is productive. Is that what you said? That's what I said. Yeah. yeah I'm still working on that one, you know, and just yeah, like being able to unplug, especially as an entrepreneur, I think we can work 24 seven if we want to, there's always something yeah. to do. I mean, there's mm -hmm. some new blog post to write or social media thing to post or article to share or, you know, copy to update, whatever it is, then your brain's always coming up with ideas and, you know, ways to do things. But what I've learned in this very short period of time is that when I'm as busy as I have been this last six weeks, there's zero time for me to mm. be creative and to actually invest in the business. And so okay. being able to unplug and to be, to rest and to be, um, you know, just allow my brain to um, explore, I guess, mm. without mm -hmm. a goal or a deadline or, you know, a reason. There is a yes. lot of productivity in that. Actually, a really good friend of mine just recommended the book Bored But Brilliant or brilliant but bored or something like that. Oh, um, I have a So that's album. next on my on my list to read cuz I I think uh I think that's where I'm going to dig into. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I like you, Erin. Like <laughs> it's been like, great. Like we're hanging out again sometime soon. For real though. Um Yes. So many things uh, to ask you. We don't have a lot of time left, but I we have a lot of aspiring authors and a lot of women in the community that are already working on their books. Probably many that I don't even know about. Tell us about that journey. Like how long did it take from, I mean, I know you'd done a lot of writing when you were like, oh shit, I might have a book here. But like, how long did it take you to go from that like aha moment to having the book done? Um. Actually, getting the words out was probably the easiest part. Uh, it's felt hard in the in the moment because you you don't have anything to compare it to, right? There's no frame right. of reference. So, you know, as you're, okay, another thousand words, another thousand words, I'm almost there, you know, and you're, you're constantly, even after the day it, it published and it went live, I'm like, cool, I would probably change this. Like there's, it's a snapshot in time, right? Is, yeah. is what I would tell you. So at some point you have to pull the pin and say, I'm publishing it. Cause if you sit on it, there's always yeah. going to be something to add. There's always going to be something new. There's always going to be a perspective that changes, but that's just your idea for book number two. So yes. You know, or oh, yes. So the writing process was quite, quite narrow for me, like maybe six months. Okay. Um, and then I worked with a company that uh, assists like self-publishing, self-published authors to get the book yeah. live because I was working full-time at the time I'd gone back to work. I had three kids at home. I'm like, I can't learn how to do all this stuff by myself. And I'm definitely not an editor. I will tell you that right now. Detail-orientedness <laughs> is not my strong suit. 
as yeah. evidenced by a lot of my writing online that does not get edited by anybody. Um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, they brought an editing team, um, you know, a, a, an artist to do the cover design and helped format all the files and do all of that. And that process, we started in August and the book was live on Amazon and print formats in December. So not mm -hmm. too long. Cool. Yeah. So good to hear. That's so awesome. Um, okay. So yeah, you've shared so many awesome things. Um, your strategies for making new, new real connections are uh, very, very helpful. And, you know, from farm girl to engineer to having your own business as a leadership coach. Yeah. Can we yeah. call you that? I, I can't remember what your official title is on your website because I don't have it in front of me, but um, I just think it's such a fantastic story and it's so inspiring. So thank you for sharing it. And how do you, you know, like to work with your clients? Like, do you work most with corporate or do you work more with entrepreneurs? What's your favorite? Or you probably don't want to say. <laughs> no, I love both because, but they're so different, right? Mm. Um, they are so different. So uh, on the entrepreneurial side, um, predominantly I work with them through either small group, uh, programs. So I have one coming up in January, which is uh, Confident Conversations. Um, always a, a fun time to come and get just uncomfortable about difficult things, right? Uh -huh. uh, somebody said to me after they finished the first one was like, I don't know how you're going to market to somebody that they need to come and get uncomfortable to talk about difficult things, but it really <laughs> works. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll just say that. I don't know. Like so it. that's starting in January. Um, uh, also, we'll be kicking off a group leadership development program. So uh, again, focused on not only leading others, but leading yourself, because that's a big part mm -hmm. of being able to show up and lead others. So that's sort of how entrepreneurs can work with me. Um, I do do some one-on-one -on -one coaching. Slots are limited. Uh, so it just depends on kind of what you need and where I'm at. And mm -hmm. then corporately, yeah, I do a lot of corporate training and then uh, really what I like to do is corporate training with embedment coaching. Um, so that people mm -hmm. actually don't just take a two day course and put the book on the shelf like we all did when we were in corporate, that we actually take the course and then use the skills. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So AaronThorpe.ca. Correct. And no E on the end of Thorpe. So. Oh, good. I didn't do that wrong in the title of this. No, program. you didn't. Well, okay. Yes. Aaron Thorpe without an E on the end. Dot CA and EL Thorpe on Instagram. Correct. Are you pretty active on LinkedIn these days or? Yes, LinkedIn, yeah. um, LinkedIn and Instagram, probably the most active. And yeah, any, you can find out more about me on my website. All right, Fempreneurs, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Fempreneur Marketing Podcast. I know you got tons of juicy, juicy knowledge from today's episode from Aaron about getting better at leading yourself so you can lead others. And again, if you want to learn more about Erin, she is at Erin Thorpe without an E on the end of Thorpe, <laughs> uh, .ca. And I also wanted to let you know there are tons of awesome freebies over at yycfempreneurs.com. There is a 90-day planner you can download. There is a journal you can download. Um, there's a couple other things there too. And of course, uh, there's tons of free podcast episodes always. So if you haven't listened to all of 74 of our podcast episodes, be sure to go back and listen to some of the older ones. There is a lot of awesome stuff there for you. 
So um, yeah, and also the planner, the nine day planner is also my new program. It incorporates Fempreneur Marketing School and then more of the nitty gritty leadership training involved in building a community. So you're gonna wanna check that out. You can add yourself to the waitlist for free so that you can get more information about it and get a free one-on-one -on -one with me. And you can do that at yycfempreneurs.com slash program. So there's lots of stuff you can do to take action now, ladies. I know we're all looking forward to 2022, doing some planning, um, getting a better grasp on what we actually want to achieve in 2022. And it's going to involve getting around women like you and actually having the accountability of, around your goals and having other people help you prioritize things and remove things from your to-do list that don't belong there and then connect you with the right people to make this stuff happen. So join the new 90 day program or at least add yourself to the wait list if you want more information about it. Um, if that's something that you're looking for, you can also get the new 90 day planner, the actual book, which is a 256 page book. Um, you can get one on Amazon. So if you're not really a fan of the idea of reading the PDF on a screen or printing 125 double-sided pages and putting those in a duotang, then just go ahead and grab a copy on Amazon. Um, thank you for supporting all the work that I do. Um, it is for you, but it also feels really great to know that you ladies need it and love it and are finding it useful. Um, it's awesome to watch the email list growing over at MailChimp. Um, if you're not using MailChimp, it is free. So if you need a way to kind of grow your community and actually calculate and stay in touch with your community, uh, that's where I do it. And I've been doing it over there for years for free. So I guess when I hit the 2000 mark, 2000 community members who are subscribed to the email list, I will no longer be able to say it's free because by then they will be charging me, but I'm still not at the 2000 mark. So uh, yeah, I'm still loving the free version of MailChimp. And if you ever need help with MailChimp, because it can be a very intricate beast, head over to my YouTube channel. I've got lots of MailChimp how-to videos that just simplify everything and show you all of my favorite shortcuts. And that is at youtube.com slash Berry. All right, have a great rest of your week and we'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Femprinter Marketing Podcast.